What is up, everybody? This is episode seven of Sports and Stuff, presented by John Parker Media. Yes, we are owned by John Parker Media. We took a quick break, but we are back, and you guys are going to have to wait and see for what we have coming up this probably upcoming month. Um, but we're very excited about it today. We got a ton of stuff to get into. First, I'd like to say I am very sorry about missing last Friday's episode. I was out of my house and did not have any way of getting my podcast equipment. So there's a ton of stuff that's happened in sports. And uh, we got a ton of stuff to talk about. Like I said, we're going to get into my predictions for week three of the NFL season. What are my takes on the Eastern and Western Conference Finals? Some head coaching hirings and firings and rumors have happened in the NBA and so much more. So I hope you guys are ready and let's get right into it. All right, as many of you know, there were seven torn ACLs this past week in week two. My prayers go out to every single person that was injured, like Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, Bruce Irvin, Saquon Barkley. We had other injuries like Christian McCaffrey being sidelined, Drew Locke, and many others. So I hope all get better and that they come back better than ever before. Um, But let's get right into these week three predictions. The first game we have on the schedule is the Bears and the Falcons. Chicago is surprisingly 2-0. Mitch Trubisky's actually been playing really well, and that defense is actually getting pretty scary. Yes, they played the Lions and the Giants, so I'm not going to give them that much credit, but the absolute embarrassment that the Atlanta Falcons had last week against Dallas in Dallas, giving up a 29-10 lead, having six people around, the onside kick, and you don't even touch it. It looked like the football had freaking COVID. So I'm going to go with the Bears to go 3-0 after this weekend. I think they have the pieces to do it. Mitch Trubisky is actually playing pretty well, and the Falcons are just a complete joke. Hashtag fire Dan Quinn immediately. If anyone agrees with me, please give, please leave a comment down below. Also next, we have the Rams and the Bills. One of these teams are going to go away 2-1. and one. You know, um, I was very surprised with the Rams playing week one against Dallas. And they played extremely well against the sorry Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz is a joke, so we're, we're, we're going to get into Philly in a, little, a little bit later. But with this game, Josh Allen is statistically one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. He's thrown for the, for the most yards. And, I mean, that Stefan Diggs connection is actually going really well. He's five, 57 for 81 on all of his passes through these two weeks. He has 729 yards and six touchdowns. Malcolm Brown for the Rams has 29 carries, 126 yards, and two touchdowns. And, like I said, Stefan Diggs is playing great. He has 16 receptions, 239 yards, and a touchdown. Even though... It's not really playing off on the touch on the scoring side. They are still getting the ball down with Stefan Diggs. So I I don't know. I think I'm gonna have to go with the Rams. Yeah, I, I just without the Bills Mafia there in the arena, I just think the Rams are the Rams are on another level. So I'm gonna have to go with them. Next we have Washington and the Cleveland Browns. Washington was actually the surprise team. They're one and one so far. And I, I don't know. And the Browns are also one and one. They played very well, but it was, of course, against 
the Cincinnati Bengals, which Joe Burrow has actually shown many signs of promise for the upcoming future with Joe Mixon. But A.J. Green just sucks completely. But back to the Browns and the Washington football team. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Cleveland on that one. It seems like the Baker and Odell Beckham connection is starting to work. Baker is 37 for 62 on all of his passes through the last two weeks. He has 408 yards and three touchdowns. Nick Chubb, their running back, has 32 carries on 184 yards with two touchdowns as well. So, I I don't know. I'm going to have to go with Cleveland on this one. They're starting to get the pieces together. I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team this year. They need. I think they need one more year to grow as a unit. They've had around four coaches in the last three years, which is not a good sign for a young football team. They need a veteran leader, and I think the coach they have, I totally forget his name, but the coach they have has actually been doing a pretty good job. So I'm going to go with the Browns for that one. Now the next 10 a.m. game we have is the Tennessee Titans and the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know what it is about Ryan Tannehill, but ever since he's gotten this Tennessee job, he is playing out of his mind. He ha- he is 47 for 67, only missing 20 throws on the in the last two weeks. He has 488 passing yards and six touchdowns. Derrick Henry, who is the number one pick I had in my fantasy draft, he did not play well at all. They played Jacksonville, which Jacksonville is... A different team to say the least. Gardner Minshew is he he's the GOAT. He's the GOAT. But um Minnesota is just absolutely playing horrible, horrible football. Um Adam Thielen has nine receptions, 141 yards, and two touchdowns, but the team is 0-2 and 0-1 at home. I'm going with the Tennessee Titans to can go on to 3-0. They're one of the top teams. I think they are the top team in their division, and that's just that's all I have to say. Now, I think to me, this is the most fun te- uh, game that you can find at 10 a.m. Western time. You have the new and improved Las Vegas Raiders versus the 1-1 one one New England Patriots. Derek Carr actually played pretty dang well on Monday night against New Orleans Saints, leading them to a win. And now they're 2-0. and They're 1-0 on, the, in, on away games and 1-0 at, um, at home since they opened their new stadium last week but I have to say there's something about this New England Patriots team that I just can't get my finger on he has 552 throwing yards on 45 for 63 throws I'm gonna have to go I don't know I'm gonna have to go with the New England Patriots on this one it's just Bill Belichick is there's something about him Nikhil Harry's playing pretty well Julian Edelman is looking like his veteran himself and his Cam Newton. He looked so calm walking down that field on Sunday night against my Seattle Seahawks that I just I have to go with them this time, especially if they're playing at home. Next, you have the injured San Francisco 49ers versus the New York Giants. New York lost Saquon Barkley to a torn ACL last week against Chicago. I have absolutely no hope for this team. But I could see them winning against the 49ers this week because San Francisco is so depleted. They don't think Garoppolo is going to play. Raheem Mostert is definitely not playing. Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas are also injured for the season. So 
the, no one is going to watch this game at all. It's already proven that no one's going to watch this game. So I don't have much hope for it. I think San Francisco wins this just because the Giants suck and they move to 0-3. Let's move on. You have the Cincinnati Bengals versus the sorry Philadelphia Eagles. What the heck happened to the Eagles? You go from being a Super Bowl champion, a contender, beating Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, to being one of, in my opinion, the worst teams in the league by far. Seriously. Doc Peterson, what the heck is going on, especially with your quarterback? Yes, you've had a depleted roster a little bit, but Carson Wentz, you're 50 for 85. 50 for 85. You aren't really running the offense. You're kind of just doing it by yourself. You don't care that much, it seems like. I got the Bengals pick putting up their first win of the season this upcoming week against Philadelphia Eagles. Joe Burrow is a beast. Joe Mixon has also been fantastic. I just see them winning this game. Now to the Texans and the Steelers. The Texans are sadly 0-2, but if you look at who they've played, it, it just shows it. They played the Ravens last week and the Chiefs in week one. M- enough said. That's why you're going to be 0-2 on your first two weeks. The Steelers are looking fantastic, though. Benny Snell is putting up numbers. James Conner is putting up numbers. Juju Smith-Schuster is playing great. It just seems like they have like a wide receiver machine in their practice facility that just creates fantastic offense. So I'm going to go with the Steelers. I'm sorry, Houston Texans fans, but Bill O'Brien is a joke. Deshaun Watson is wasting his best years there. So is J.J. Watt. I see them going to 0-3 and the Steelers going to 3-0. Next, you have the Jets and the Colts. The Jets look like one of the worst teams in the history of football. Seriously, in the history of football. Adam Gase is a joke of a head coach. I firmly believe he'll be fired the next three weeks. Um, Sam Darnold is just... He's a great quarterback, but he just doesn't have help. Le'Veon Bell is also on the injury reserve. We don't know when he's coming back. So I have the Colts, of course, winning this one. Phillip Rivers makes every team into the San Diego Chargers. Not the LA Chargers, the San Diego Chargers. Jonathan Taylor is has 35 carries, 123 yards, one touchdown. Mo Ali Carr, I don't know. Uh, Mo Ali has seven receptions, 131 yards. That's their top receiver. So I don't know. Um, they're going to win, but I don't know much. I don't have much hope for the Indianapolis Colts this season. The Carolina Panthers and the LA Chargers. I was about to say San Diego. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is playing pretty well. He has 55. Um, he's 55 for 76 on throws with 636 yards, but only one touchdown. I don't know. Austin um, Eckler is playing really well for the Chargers. He has 35 carries, 177 yards. Keenan Allen is playing great as well. Um, And Justin Herbert, I mean, if that's the guy for the future, you're in pretty good hands looking at what they did against the Chiefs last week. Um, With Tyra Taylor being out with a weird, weird story, um, I just – the Chargers will win this, of course. They're at home. yeah, that's that. I mean, there's not much to talk about. I'm really praying that uh, Christian McCaffrey comes back great and asks for a trade because he is going to waste his career if he is stuck living and playing. 
for the Carolina Panthers. But um, let's move on. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus another depleted Denver Broncos team. I feel bad. I would have picked Denver to win this game if Drew Locke and the other players were healthy, but they are not. Tom Brady played pretty well last week. Um, he is 46 for 71 on throws with 456 throwing yards with three touchdowns. Played pretty well. Uh, Melvin Gordon is the top running back in this game. He has 34 carries, 148 yards, and a touchdown. And receiving Noah Font, um, nine receptions, 138 yards, two touchdowns. I got the Bucks winning this game. It's just it's so weird seeing Tom Brady uh, in a Bucks uniform. It's he was literally in a Patriots uniform my entire life until three weeks ago. So, um, yeah, I got the Bucks winning this game. Let's move on to an interesting interesting matchup you have the arizona cardinals versus the owen two detroit lions at home matthew stafford is 44 for 75 541 yards three touchdowns kyler murray though is definitely an mvp consideration for this upcoming for this season i don't know why i keep saying upcoming season it's probably just because there's so many more weeks to play out but kyler murray He's my quarterback for fantasy this year. I got him in a steal in the draft. Um, my opinion on the Cardinals is them trading for DeAndre Hopkins is going to get them a Super Bowl in the next three, four years. I firmly guarantee that this Kyler-DeAndre Hopkins combination is their new Kurt Warner-Larry Fitzgerald. I firmly believe that. They are playing extremely well together. Rushing yards. Kyler it has 21 carries, 158 yards, and he has three rushing touchdowns to go with his, uh, I believe, nine throwing touchdowns. Uh, yeah, I, it's just DeAndre Hopkins is playing well. He's got 10, 22 receptions on 219 yards, one touchdown. Kyler's playing great, though. Um, it's just he's a beast. He's a beast. He's a small small beast he's five foot ten everyone towers over him but he is showing why he was the number one pick and deserves to be in the mvp conversation but i have them going three and no i have them going five and no they're not playing very good teams these next three weeks and i just got i have them winning next we have probably america's favorite matchup because they have america's favorite team in it the dallas cowboys the Dallas Cowboys pulled one out of their behind last week against the Atlanta Falcons. They were so lucky. They, they, didn't, they didn't truly deserve to win that game. But, you know, it's how it goes with Dallas. They somehow always get lucky, and they always get the credit. This week, though, they are going to get their butts whooped by my 12 North stand-up for the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson is the MVP. Yes, I just said Kyler Murray is an MVP converse consideration, but right now the MVP of this league is Russell Wilson. He is on another level. Year nine? Come on. Let's go. He is Tyler Lockett's playing great. DK Metcalf has some, has that swagger to him right now that they're just they're just so good. Even Chris Carson is looking like a young Marshawn Lynch. It's just this offense is too much, and the defense is something special. I guarantee you, if Quandre Diggs didn't get kicked out of the game last week, 
for that unnecessary roughness or whatever it was. It was a helmet-to-helmet contact. They wouldn't have scored 30 points on us, guaranteeing you that. And you have to play in part that there was no fans in attendance with an arena that is designed to put all the fan noise onto the field. But that defense is something special. Jamal Adams, Shaq Griffin, Bruce Ir- sadly Bruce Irvin isn't there anymore. Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright, Quandre Diggs. It's just, it's just so fun. This reminds me of the LOB days when I was 11, 12, 13 years old. It's just, it's an amazing, amazing time to be a Seahawks fan again. We had a few rough years, didn't make the playoffs a couple years ago, then lost in the wild card, somehow beat Minnesota, and then we lose to Green Bay on a stupid, stupid call. Um, I have high hopes for the Seahawks team. I have them being the NFC, I have been, sorry, I have them being the NFC champion this year and representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. There's nobody that can beat this team. When healthy. Seriously, there is absolutely nobody that can beat this team. So I have the Seahawks, of course, winning going to three and zero on the season. I expect them going like I don't know, thirteen and three. I think it's gonna be their record. I don't think they're gonna lose that much this season. DK yeah, DK Metcalf has eight receptions, hundred and eighty seven yards and two touchdowns. If you saw that fifty four yard catch that Russ threw a just a complete haymaker to um downfield that's going to happen all season long. So the Seahawks will be 3-0 by the end of the weekend. Sunday night at Mercedes-Benz Superdome, you got the New Orleans Saints and the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers has been playing like he's got some stuff to him. Seriously. He's been playing like he's pissed off about something, probably because of the Jordan Love draft. I don't know. He's 50 for 74, 604 yards, six touchdowns. That's a beast right there. That He... He's playing great too. I think he's the I think he's the third best quarterback in the league. I think it goes Russ, Mahomes, Rodgers, Lamar Jackson. I th- and then Kyler Murray is my fifth. Um that I just there's something about this Green Bay team that they always seem to do well against bad talent. So even though Mike Thomas is out for this game, I believe it's it, it seems to be um I think they'll probably win. New Orleans is a little bit depleted. They're trying to get their Jared Cook has been playing well. Emmanuel Sanders, they've been trying to get going. Um, Alvin Kamara has been playing great. Drew Brees, is, this is probably his last year, I think. Um, it seems like this is he's going to be retiring. He's going to have a great career in play-by-play, color analysis, stuff like that. But um, I don't know. I just I think they're going to go one and two, and the Packers will go three and oh. The Chiefs and the Ravens are your Monday night main event. Uh, it's just this should have been the last game of the season. Seriously, this should have been. Um, Patrick Mahomes is fifty-one for seventy-nine with five hundred thirteen throwing yards and five touchdowns. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, the LSU product. Oh my gosh, he was he is legit one of the best running backs in the league right now. It's Thirty-five carries, one hundred seventy-six yards, one touchdown. And Tyreek Hill is 10 receptions, 145 yards, and two touchdowns. They're both 2-0. It is a Baltimore home game. I don't think there's going to be any fans in attendance. Hmm. I got the Chiefs. Um, Travis Kelsey is my tight end on my fantasy this year. I need him to do well. But this Baltimore defense is crazy. Marcus Peters. Just imagine if they had Earl Thomas in this lineup. I don't know. Ah. 
breaks my heart that he's not playing this year. I wish him nothing but the best. Lamar Jackson is great. Uh, Mark Ingram is great. He's a great hype man. Great running back. But I just got the Chiefs winning this close. It's going to be a very close game. I'm going to tune in to this game, even though the Laker game will be on. But I got the Chiefs winning this one. So running back all of my picks for this upcoming Sunday. I have the Bears, the Rams, the Browns, the Titans, the Patriots, the 49ers, the uh, the Bengals, the Steelers, the Colts, the Chargers, the Bucks, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, the Packers, and the Chiefs. Those are my picks for this weekend. Let's take a quick break and get right into some NBA news. All right, so a ton has happened in the NBA over these this last really week. I'd say Tyler Hero has become uh, probably one of the best rookies we've seen in the last five years, in my opinion. He's put up insane numbers, but here here's my take on Tyler Hero. And I think a lot would agree with this. He has the shooting capability of Klay Thompson, but the swagger and confidence like Jason Williams had back in the day. And what I mean by that is he's a cold white dude who is just absolutely killing everything in sight. Jimmy Butler is his go-to, his big bro, his mentor, role model. I mean, this Miami team is not to be messed with, and they probably will beat the Boston Celtics today and move on to the NBA Finals, which is one of the bottom four. It's, I believe it's... They are the fifth seed, and this is the first time it's happened, and I believe since the Knicks did it back in the 90s with um, Jeff Van Gundy as their coach. So it's a huge accomplishment. This team really isn't your normal five seed, though. Um, Just the star capability they have, the role players they got. I mean, if you look at even their starting five, it's Goran Dragic, who was an all-star. Then you got Jimmy, Jay Crowder, Duncan Robinson, and Bam Adebayo. That is not your average five seed starting five. That's a top three seed in the East type five. Off your bench, you got Andre Iguodala, Kendrick Nunn, Kelly Olynyk, Tyler Hero, even Myers Leonard when he comes in, he puts up, he brings um, a lot of energy to the team. But this team is special. No two ways about it. They got they got some stuff to them that I think is like that Pat Riley gene, because Pat Riley is just so. He's just probably the best basketball operations associate in the league. And even I watched an interview with Jimmy. They call him Coach Pat because he is at every practice, every home game, and almost every game um, away uh, from Miami. So this that is the type of leadership you need in a situation like Miami is because he is Mr. Miami. But Tyler Hero is just... He had 37 the other night in a win against Boston, which they almost lost, but I'm extremely glad they won. I would have loved to see a Lakers-Celtics NBA Finals just because of the history factor, but this Miami-LA is going to be awesome if LA can pull out a win tomorrow night. Um, But let's get now into the Lakers. We've had um, a very rocky, rocky start. In this Western Conference Finals, I think um, we could have lost Game Two. You won Game One, like in a fantastic matter. But this Denver team is not to be messed with. They're the young guns of the West Coast, so 
they are not to be messed with as well. They're the, Jamal Murray is a superstar in this league. And like I said in the Western Conference semifinals when they were down 3-1 against the Clippers, I would not be surprised if they put up a fight. And I do think they're going to put up a fight against the Lakers. I don't know if they will win on Saturday, but there's a good chance it is, it's going to be a it's a 100% chance it's going to be a close game because Jamal Murray just doesn't want to he doesn't want to lose. And I believe these these Denver Nuggets will win an NBA championship in the next two to three years. That's just my take because Jokic is probably the best center in the league. Jamal Murray has proven that he is a top 10 guard in this league. Their supporting cast is great with Jeremy Grant becoming a really good role player for them. Paul Millsap is great leadership. And, I mean, Gary Harris is putting up good numbers. They Monte Morris played great yesterday. This team is something special too. And he, I don't think the Lakers will choke this. I just don't think so. There's no way LeBron could do that. But I think in the next few years, if you get a Denver-Miami type NBA Finals, that is gonna, that's a fun competitive Finals that I don't even know what who the winner would be. It's crazy to think that like all this talk this year of the LA Clippers being the team to beat. They are the team that is built to beat LeBron and James. And they couldn't even beat Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. And that is no hate or any or type of um, discouragement to the Denver Nuggets. But everyone called them out. They're like, they're, it's over. It's done. Clippers are up 3-1. Kawhi's going to close it. Kawhi couldn't close it because he's the actual man of the team. He's had over these last few years in San Antonio, yes, I don't care if Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and Manu Ginobili were in um, the decline. But they had a great supporting cast. You look at even Toronto last year, he had a fantastic supporting cast around him that didn't make him look like the man. Because if you look at it, Kyle Lowry was still their guy. Pascal Siakam was their third option. Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, Fred Van Vliet stepped up. You didn't even have OG Ananobi. I mean... You, you had guys around you. So I don't want to hear this whole Kawhi is the greatest if he can't close it out up 3-1. And I'm not saying LeBron's the greatest, but he hasn't done that before. He's come back from 3-1 down. So I don't expect him to lose this 3-1 series. So back to the Clippers for a second. Doc Rivers isn't a great coach. Sorry. He is not that good of a coach. If you look at his track record, he has had the last seven years with the Clippers, and he has never made it past the second round. Seriously. Like, that shouldn't happen when you have, at the start, you had Chris Paul, you had Blake Griffin, you had Jamal Crawford, J.J. Redick, DeAndre Jordan. I mean, think of this. In 2013, you're up 2-0 against the Memphis Grizzlies, and you lose in six. In 2014, in the second round, you win game one against Oklahoma City Thunder, you lose in six. In 2015, in the second round, you play the Houston Rockets. You were up 3-1, and you lost in seven. In 2016, you were up 2-0 against the um, Blazers. You lost in six. In 2017, you were up 2-1 against the Utah Jazz. You lost in seven to Joe Johnson. 
wasn't even Gordon Hayward or Rudy Gobert. It was Joe Johnson that schooled you guys. Come on. In last year, of course, you get beat by Golden State in the first round, but you really had no chance. You had a chance to do something great. Seriously, guys, you could have been the team, but your one championship is no greater than the Lakers 16. Like, if you really think about it, you have not won anything in your entire franchise's history. You've never even been to the conference finals. So what makes you think with this roster that you are a ten- you you guys really walked around like you're a 10-time champion. Like you've been winning this thing for 10 years straight. Patrick Beverly, I never want to hear you speak again about how you're better than this person or how LeBron's not a challenge for you. Jamal Murray was a challenge for you. He's a challenge to everybody in the Western Conference right now. So don't you dare ever say that he, no one will be a challenge for you. Everybody is a challenge for you because you're really small against your competition. Montrose Harrell, you are a great sixth man, but you need to get the heck out of L.A. With the centers that the Lakers have in JaVale, Dwight, AD, even, they could even bring Tristan Thompson in for JaVale or Dwight. They could bring in anybody, and you will still be smaller than them, and they are going to absolutely destroy you. I personally would look at scenarios like the Toronto Raptors, like even the Miami Heat to come off their bench for Bam. Oh, my gosh, that would be fantastic. Oh, instead of Miami going for Giannis, you build around Jimmy and the tough competing. Oh my gosh, Montrez Harrell would be fantastic. Even here, here's gonna be a hot take that I don't think a lot of people will agree with, but I think Montrez Harrell would flourish at a team like Charlotte because the draft is gonna go like this: Minnesota is gonna pick Anthony Edwards, New York is gonna move up to two and trade Frank Natilakina. To Golden State, and they're going to take Lamelo. Then you got Charlotte at three. They are going to probably take James Wiseman, who's, who is, in my opinion, the most skilled player in this draft. Anthony Edwards is great. Lamelo's great. Obi Toppin's great. All those guys. Ty, um, the guy from Iowa State, is great. But James Wiseman's a different breed. He is the new type of center that will be in the NBA for years to come. If Charlotte takes him, and you have a starting lineup of say Devonte. You go out and get a shooting guard in free agency, a, a good, reasonable guard in free agency, and then you have Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington, and James. Then you have like Terry Rozier, Malik Monk, and then some. go get some more guys in free agency with Trez at the center. That's a good 10. That's a really good 10. Um, there it is. But Trez needs to get out of L.A. And my opinion on it might not be – what everyone agrees with but that's what i think should happen he deserves some money he is a six-man winner but he's not going to get the max type dollars that he's going to want he's going to have to settle for something lower than his expectations but on to paul george you should never call yourself playoff p with the performances that you gave this year in the playoffs absolutely never call yourself playoff p again you're not that good of a player. You've barely had any success. Your one successful year was going to the Eastern Conference Finals against LeBron back in the, um, I believe it was 2011. or 2000. It was 
2011 or 13. It was one of those. But never call yourself playoff P. You are not that good of a basketball player, bro. Seriously, you aren't. You talk way too much. You've never won anything in your life. I mean, what what type of what type of person? Oh, it's the LA Clippers. They talk so much, but they haven't won anything. That's why you're on the Clippers. It's because you do that. Um, Kawhi is the only successful player. Doc is really not that good of a coach. We're gonna get into him in a second. But look at it, bro. Stop calling yourself out. You're pandemic P. You play horrible under pressure. It's been shown in the final in the playoffs these last few years. You couldn't get out of the first round with Oklahoma. You couldn't get you got whooped by Damian Lillard in the Portland Trailblazers last year, and he waved at you goodbye. I mean, a baller does that. And you aren't a baller. Sorry, Paul George. Kawhi, you don't talk too much. You missed a ton of practices this year. You, you were very nonchalant. That is not a leader, and that is not what a, one of the best players in the league does. You show up to every practice. You lead your team. You give advice to the younger guys to help them grow as players. You don't miss a practice. You don't miss a game. If you're injured, fine. But you do not take days off for load management thinking you're going to be in the playoffs like it's going to be easy easy for you it was not easy clearly and i guarantee you and this is gonna be a hot take i guarantee if Kristaps porzingis didn't get hurt that would have been a seven game series not a six a seven and dallas would have won because luca was playing great he was the star in the first round of the playoffs beating you at the buzzer one time by almost half court um he was putting up triple doubles Boban was actually playing pretty well you, you, they didn't even have Dwight Powell which is their really true center that would have absolutely destroyed Montrez Harrell DeLon Wright was playing great Seth Curry came out of the shell and just started shooting the lights out from the parking lot I mean that's a great team and you probably would have been beat because you guys are all talking no action but we're gonna quickly get on to Doc Rivers then we got some head coaching stuff to get in Doc Rivers what have you done in your career? Seriously, what have you done? You have won one championship with the Boston Celtics 12 years ago, 13 years ago. That's a really long time with no success. Rick Carlisle, the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks, has the same amount of rings as you. What makes you stand out from the others? Your leadership? I would rather go play for Rick Carlisle in Dallas than you in L.A., Sorry. Um, and your supporting cast of staff members. Sam Castell is great, but Ty Lu is not what everyone says he is. He won the NBA Finals because of LeBron, Kyrie, Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith, Iman Shumpert, Kevin Love, Richard Jefferson. It was the players that won that. It was not you. It definitely wasn't you. And then you go, yes, you went for two more finals because you had LeBron James in the weak Eastern Conference. Then he leaves. And you're like, okay, th- everyone was saying this is really Ty Lue's chance to show what he has as a head coach in this league. And you get fired within your first 10 games of that season. Ty, what's going on? Everyone expecting you to be the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. That was the job for you. No, I really like the Steve Nash hire instead. Um, we were going to get into more head coaching stuff. Like Mike D'Antoni is looking like he's going to be the next head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, 
maybe even Chauncey Billups as the head coach for the Indiana Pacers. But Tyler, I don't expect you to get a job. I'm extremely sorry. But speaking of head coaching, let's get into the new head coaching hires of the NBA. All right, so the newest head coaching hire this for this upcoming season is Billy Donovan to the Chicago Bulls. I'm not going to put much time into this, but here's what I will say about it. With the history that Billy Donovan has of coaching young talent and great talent, he's going to flourish with this job with Chicago Bulls. If you look at their roster, they have Kobe White at point guard, Zach Levine, Otto Porter's pretty decent, Wendell Carter, Larry Marketing, Denzel Valentine, Chris Dunn. You guys have young pieces for Billy Donovan to use. And I think that's great. He's going to do extremely well at this job. You saw what he did with a team that everyone thought was going to be at the bottom half of the Western Conference. They were, everyone was expecting them to be 13th, 14th place out of them. It's down from probably like Phoenix and Minnesota, but everyone goes up, right? Even Sacramento when they suck. They get so much credit for absolutely nothing. But this team in the Eastern Conference, if you do the right moves in free agency and through the draft with your number four pick, um, you could be seriously in contention for an Eastern Conference playoff spot. Yes, you have to take in. You have Brooklyn, probably Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Miami, Indiana, Philly. So that's what? Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Boston, Toronto, Philly, Indiana, Philadelphia. So that's seven. You could be that eighth seed instead of the Orlando Magic. But with what's going to happen with the Philadelphia 76ers and the Pacers, they could also drop this upcoming year. As you guys know, Nate McMillan got fired as the Indiana Pacers coach, and Brett Brown, of course, got fired as the Philadelphia 76ers coach. So there's some open options. I talked about last episode the options that um, the Indiana Pacers were looking at with a lot of assistant coach, lead assistant coaches and um, Chauncey Billups as well, who is an NBA analyst on ESPN. And Philadelphia is mostly going to be hiring Mike D'Antoni. I think it's a great hire because he's going to turn Ben Simmons into a shooting point guard, not just a driving one. But there was rumors that came out this week of Mike D'Antoni trying to lure James Harden to Philadelphia. And how that trade would look is Ben Simmons for James Harden. Because then it would be more of a younger... Oh, no. Clint Capella is younger than Joel Embiid. I, I don't know why this they would do this. Um, James and Philly would be fun, I think. But that's the only person that can shoot the ball on their team. So they're going to have to do a lot of unloading. They're going to have to trade Tobias Harris. Have to trade Al Horford. Um, which I don't think anyone in the world is going to want that Tobias Harris contract of $180 million. But I don't know. Even Al Horford. Al Horford's a good... Al Horford's a great guy. Super nice. Um, plays hard when he needs to. But like he's on the bottom half of his career. He's he, I don't know how he got $100 million from, Philly, from Philadelphia this offseason. It truly looked like they were just wanting to give their money away because Jimmy Butler didn't want to come back. That's literally what it looked like. Um, you have Josh Richardson, but they would move James into the point guard position. With the with the if you just do a James for Simmons, you have James Harden at point guard, Josh Richardson, 
um, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, and then Joel Embiid with Matthias Thiebel on your bench. And that is about it. So I would try to possibly call a Washington, a Minnesota, a Portland. Oh, actually, no, Portland's smarter than that. Um, San Antonio, even. Um, It's really tough. I've heard rumors as well about the Indiana Pacers looking to unload Victor Oladipo. So maybe you could do a Oladipo for Tobias Harris trade with a few picks in it. That could be something special. I heard they're also trying to unload Sabonis, possibly. Um, that could be interesting as well. I don't think it'll happen, but um, that's the one head coaching hire in the league. I'll be back next Friday and every Friday um, for you guys to listen to on everything sports. I hope you guys like these topics on the NFL and the NBA, and I hope you guys enjoy football week three, the NFL week three this Sunday, and of course the Eastern and Western Conference Finals in the NBA. So I hope you guys have a great week, and I will see you next week.